Hey there. I wanted to let you know a couple ways to support this podcast and the podcast network. If you go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar, you can find the Amazon link for your region and uh, buy your normal stuff on Amazon. I know we're coming up on a time when people think about holiday shopping and uh, boy, oh boy, we're on that Christmas creep. Uh, but uh, doing it through that link doesn't cost you anything extra and it uh, helps us out an awful lot. The other thing is to go to uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kick us a couple bucks a month. As of November 1st, we're going to be rolling out some new uh, kind of reward structure kind of things, including things that uh, that uh, benefit Bonfire Side Chat listeners. Uh, so uh, we think that you would enjoy that. That is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Jeremy Greer. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a appendix butterfly. <laughs> oh, no. Sugar, baby. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You've got appendix butterflies. <laughs> um, you and know, today I used to get reading... butterflies in my stomach, but now that I'm older, it's all appendix all the time. <laughs> I, I used to have that, too, but I stopped eating fucking butterflies. <laughs> um, yeah, that also helps. <laughs> yeah yeah today we're talking about uh your responses to uh lothar castle and as mm -hmm. you heard uh jeremy greer has stuck around yes bucking the trend for this season uh, kind of imposing himself on this uh, that's fine it's not like you guys said no do you need me cole yeah, yeah sure come on okay yeah. <laughs> i see how it is we're just just, gonna be just telling lies about jeremy greer i see how this works <laughs> tell lies about duck feed tv yeah i'm just being a dick um, but yeah uh so we don't have any uh follow-up from the previous ones uh but we do have responses and the first one is mr church saying fluck yeah uh, fluck um <laughs> fluck uh no fuck slashulons and stabulons that's the weird this place is full of slashulons and stabulons yep uh man those it, great swords those glowing great swords uh, yeah I don't know what it is. I have a much harder time with Slashylons and Stabulons than Smashylons. Mm. I eventually like understood Smashylons. Like I'm w at one with the Smashylons. Yeah. Well, the Smashylons, they, they almost always it feels attack overhead, um, as yeah. opposed to the Slashylons, mm. which will they, they they just have a much wider kind of sweep for their stuff. Yeah. It's also their yeah. buff is not just a straight damage upgrade. It gives it those little interesting like bomb like mines that they lay. Mm -hmm. That's actually you know what in like retrospect that is maybe one of my favorite enemies in this game. Yeah. Like, I like those guys a lot. They're really interesting. That buff is really cool. You know, not just making yeah. something one-shot you, but actually, you know, creating these little hazards in the environment. Yeah. Those things are great. Go, go smash Elons. <laughs> <laughs> you have earned um, your name. Yeah, you, you've, you've earned it, baby. If I ever found a high school, it's going to be the, like, you know, Portland suburb smash Elons. <laughs> so, as the soccer team. It's just going to be, like, a crazy blowed out, like, uh, JPEG screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael says, uh, bereft of any potential context from Dark Souls 1 or 2, Lothar Castle felt like a hero legend I was stepping into late. A harrowing extended duel upwards through an abandoned royal library, being challenged by a band of evil adventurers. 
a violently roiling sky full of fires as I fought through a small army. And of course, slaying a duo of evil princes. This area makes me feel like it's trying to make me the hero in a story that has never been published. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I think Michael did the same thing I did, which was assume that this area and the area that's like around the Grand Archives were the yeah. same area. Because <laughs> yeah. I always forget that, the, that there's that whole Grand Archives bit in the middle because you spend so much time like doing castle stuff in the Grand Archives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, just, it makes sense to cut that off. We've had questions about that, too, about how we how we break it apart. But I think that it is it is part of the same upward thrust, right? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we're, we're going up there to grab Lothric by the, by the scruff of his scrawny little neck. Um, and yep. bring him by the know, scrote of his neck. Yep, by by, by his neck scrote. Yep. <laughs> dot com. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it it is. Uh, there there is like an epic feeling to this. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't. We talked a lot in the last episode, like without that feeling of conclusion that I want. But there is, you know, a sense of scale to it, largely brought by the sky. Yeah, you know, as we as we said, the uh, the actual sense of danger. Yeah, uh, neckscrote dot com is available. Oh hey, hey! <laughs> my my other that high seems school. like a good <laughs> use of fifteen dollars to hover.com. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we're not sponsored by them. Don't say that. Yeah. Oh, fifteen dollars <laughs> to Jeremy's Domain Service.com. <laughs> I'm going to quickly go register. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, do you want to hit us with Brian? Sure. Brian says, for all the lingering questions, dangling plot threads, and unfinished ideas in Dark Souls 3, I think Puss of Man bothers me the most. An enemy introduced in the opening cutscene, codified in the Ludex boss fight, and made incredibly dangerous in the first level, it sure feels like the Puss of Man ended up a wet fart from a story perspective. In Lothric Castle, we meet the climax of the Puss of Man storyline, two humongous undead dragons animated by the sludge, but they end up being nothing more than guards for treasure. I just can't justify in my mind why these enemies were built up so much when their when their significance seems negligible. Yeah, they really do make you believe in those first couple of hours of play that this is going to be Dark Souls Three: The Secret of Views. Yep. Yeah, I kept, I always kept expecting other things to turn into Puzzle Man kind of throughout the game, but again, yep. n- there's almost none of it during the entire middle section. <laughs> it's uh, it's exclusively in Aldric or in uh, in um, Lothric, a Lothric thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like we talked about that to its benefit, right? Like, okay, these guys are seated. Uh, that is a, a, a portrait of words on my part, but I'm going to go with it. Um, they're seated, and they're not. Uh, they don't just kind of like pop out willy nilly, but for that for those first you know three hours, they make you think that they will. Yeah. You know, and then when that goes away and you come back to it, it does ring hollow. Again, another poor choice of words. Yeah, because here there's none of those like those things where it's like, oh, any enemy could be this thing. Mm -hmm. The two you run into four of them here, uh, two of them down in the moat, which are just going to automatically proc as soon as you get anywhere near them. And Mm -hmm. then the dragons, which are this entirely different thing that we never associated with them. Right. So you don't have that kind of fun like any enemy I could turn into could be a pain pinata. Uh, good choice of words. Pinata. Yeah. That actually sounds too much like a word to me. Like pinata sounds like something that uh, would actually translate to something I don't know yeah, what it, it is. It, it sounds like some kind of like weird martial art. Yeah. Oh, like Jim Kata. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's that's the two times. That's one of the two times a year that I think about Jim Kata. <laughs> the other time is I will occasionally look at a look at a set of stairs and think, "Huh, I wonder if somebody could, could go down that on their hands." Yeah, I wonder if somebody could Jim Kata this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then if an uh, old Jim Kataist uh, would uh, have to do a handstand on one of those uh, little carts that goes up and down a wall for like old people. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm into it. Yep. That shit dries them up the fucking wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Yep. So Zane writes, uh, and this is a number a numbered list. Uh, number one, I loved the run up to the castle proper. After fighting the dancer and feeling overconfident, Dark Souls once again reminds you that you can always die to a few well-placed minions. Number two, I'm not very perceptive, so I was halfway to the pre-dragon bonfire before I noticed these red things in the distance. I hadn't picked up on these undead tree things earlier in the game, so imagine my surprise when I see in the background this gigantic floating circulatory system. I was awestruck. Had Dark Souls taken a Bloodborne uh, and uh, and one aided my understanding of the game's lore, was the final area of the game going to be a fantastic voyage through Prince Lothric's body cavities? <laughs> wow! Um, and then I look around; dozens of these things menacingly drifting toward me. It was one of the best moments of the series for me, even if I was way off the mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these things actually converged on you. Oh. or something like that like they've, they haven't really done flying enemies since demon souls right you know to any uh they, there's like little hovering enemies a couple of leap attack things in bloodborne but like flying enemies are something they've more or less gotten rid of mm -hmm. um but like that would actually be pretty terrifying yeah you know I, I'm, I'm fine with what they do too it's just an atmospheric background thing mm -hmm. but like i like the idea of going through this and thinking maybe they're going to actually come at you yeah yeah so lest anybody who listened to the main episode think that we're like down on this like aesthetically the uh, the pilgrim butterflies are 100 110% a win. It's one of the oh, most yes. striking images that I've mm -hmm. seen in the series. I just wish there was more to it. There's actually everything the only thing that even names them or refers to them is the dragon slayer soul. Yes. Like there's no other yeah. item description that mentions them. Mm -hmm. So everything that we have to work on from those guys comes from the fact that they're called pilgrim butterflies. Um, and then just environmental clues. Yeah. And I've seen know, some like point. screenshot kind of diary showing like, oh, there's like a racked body here. And um, mm -hmm. I love I love kind of the comparison. Like, oh, this is like a circulatory system. Like, that's kind of cool. But like, yeah, it's it's mostly like that is the only textual evidence that we have yeah. about them. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, Dylan says, to me, Lothar Castle has more bad design decisions than any other required area. I still don't know if I'm going uh, through it correctly since I either have to tank boatloads of fire damage or spend too much time shooting the dragon full of arrows to cross the courtyard. Then what would be an okay boss fight is muddied by those annoying dragon skeleton things that have uh, killed me with an off-screen shot more often than I care to admit. And finally, why is the Warriors of Sunlight Covenant locked behind the halfway point in the game when you get the talisman so early on? Rog. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I pronounce that. That's a good point because I kept looking for a place to uh, drop off my sunlight medals to get whatever covenant rewards I was going to get, and like just gave up. And mm. so I was like, okay, well, at, at some point I will find it. <laughs> I, it really makes me wonder if this was always meant, you know, again, like we never know anything about development or anything, but you know, it mm. kind of plays into us talking about um, the weapons, you know, finding weapon classes in the castle. Like, was this yeah. always meant to be? Uh, unlocked when it was you know um because technically you can get it's you know more than halfway he says it calls it the halfway point of the game it's like the 80 percent mark of the game yeah um or can be the 30 percent mark if you kill the dancer early and was that ever meant to be more viable and less of like a challenge run thing i don't know um it is really uh kind of confusing yeah um it sounds like dylan might not have found the moat entrance uh to the uh over the bridge yeah uh, which i could see that being pretty frustrating mm -hmm. um and i'm happy at least somebody had the same problems with the boss fight that i did with the uh <laughs> the zaps yeah Zapulons. 
<laughs> this <laughs> <happy months. laughs> <clears throat> I'll take over Cameron's, uh, who says, Lothric Castle, both visually and mechanically, feels pretty damn cool. Pilgrim butterflies make for an astounding skyline, and rounding a corner and looking up to see the dark sign sun for the first time was an honestly jaw-dropping moment for me. Even better was reaching the Dragon Barracks for the first time. I was home alone and so had turned up the volume on both my TV and the podcast I was listening to while playing. With no one else around, my cat had decided to be affectionate and sit on my lap. All of a sudden, boom, crash! Down came two awesome-looking dragons, and up goes my cat, clawing her way to the top of my head as she freaked out at the sudden noise. (laughs) It's certainly a moment I won't forget. Oh, also, fuck those Lothric knights with the great swords. Bloody hell. (laughs) Agreed on the last. I just feel bad for your cat. I feel bad for your head. Like, that kind of felt good when she started clawing up there. That could have been worse. Like, have you ever had, like, a cat, like, claw your dick real good? No. No. Guys. Okay. <laughs> like, I've had a cat on my I've lap. I've done and real then... bad. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. That's so right. I've, I've had a cat, like, you know, get startled and jump off of my lap and kind of rake my lap. Okay. In a way that drew blood uh, oh. on my on my front puppet, like, in a way that I'm not, like, super into. So. It didn't awaken something? No. <laughs> No, it wasn't like a drop of blood then hit my boxers and then like animated my boxers or anything. <laughs> and luckily, like I didn't lose my dick either. It wasn't like a catch catch fever kind of thing. Right. But I, I have had that happen where like, so if a cat is on my lap, I will usually position it. So it's not, you know, if it does need to leave in a hurry and that, that can sometimes happen because of dragons, but also can just happen because like a cat yeah, will remember what it has to do animal. and decide to like run to another room for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um but I will position their claws like purely over my meaty thighs if something's going to get scratched. <laughs> yep. So, as someone who's just recently drew blood from his front puppet, like that doesn't sound very fun at all. Like, remove these caps from your lats. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> get these cats out of your lap. It's no good. It's like I need shin guards, but for my thighs. <laughs> you need to wear a cup for, for for kitty bonding time. Yeah, kitty cup. <laughs> like a pitch product. <laughs> Just plastic, no, just uh, just just plastic pan front inserts, like like mm-hmm. plates of armor, <laughs> like baseball mm-hmm. shin guards. Yeah, exactly. Um, Louis writes: Has anyone had the two dragons on the bridge aggro correctly? On my first playthrough, only the right one ever breathed fire. On my second, they were both completely inert. I think I might have experienced them the correct way one time. Uh, on the uh, on the one hand, I've never been a fan of the dragon on the bridge gimmick, but on the other, I'd hate to think that I'm not experiencing content uh, correctly due to a glitch or oversight. I think we spent a lot of time in the episode talking about how that is it, both a suboptimal fight and arrangement, um, you know, just like from a pure design point, but also technically like who fucking knows what makes them go to sleep. I don't know. I think Jeremy might have been right when it's like pulling the letter lever to open the door. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that, that rings true, but I, I don't totally know. Yeah. Um, be a illusory wall question. Maybe if it is, uh, say, if it is consistent, it's a illusory wall on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it just, um, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it feels broken. Technically it's broken. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's uh, something's not going on. And even if it is, uh, it does it when the door opens. Why? Yep. Like why, yeah, why are these illusory dragon, more, any more sense at all. <laughs> dragon plus a man ever like letting their dragon form go to sleep. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's infuriating. Um, John says, 
I find Lothric Castle pretty uninterest as an un, pretty uninteresting place. It has little hidey holes that have a couple of secrets, but then again, every level does. It doesn't really set itself apart from any castle level I've seen in the Dark Souls series, and I would say Smoldering Lake has more flavor to it. The wyverns at the entrance of the castle proper do intrigue me, though. You only find them on the high wall in Archdragon Peak. Is it the nameless king? Uh, is the nameless king pro Lothric because Guinevere is there, or are they the vanguard of Irithel's forces? Are they trying to break the king's uh, the king's sisters king's sister out and away from Lothric and Irithel? Why are they infected with the pus of man? Has the nameless king deliberately been infected, or has he deliberately infected the lands of Lothric? The Dragon Knight armor is also mysterious due to the chaos trees that float by and shoot you, you during the combat to protect the armor. Why are they bringing this armor to life? Clearly, they are helping Lothric as a barrier to the invading army. So is this the reason for Lothric's army destroying the demons as a way to get the chaos flame to combat uh, the profane flame found in Irithil? So many questions. The chaos flame is dead. <laughs> the chaos flame is dead. Yeah. Um, this it's, it's explicit. You know, and that could be uh, that could a scholar style like remap could say like said to be dead or something like that. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The like it, it, is, it is dead from here. It has been moved away. And this is a place that is dying in its absence or something like that. Like it's so they went out of their way to make the chaos flame die. Like yeah. you just see mountains and mountains of corpses. <laughs> you know, it's like it is so underlined a thousand times. Yeah. Um, I don't think these are the same dragons as in Arch Dragon Peak. I think these are illusions or something like that. Yeah. I think the Arch Dragon Peak dragons are the closest thing we have to real dragons in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like in Dark Souls 1, you have like the everlasting dragon, which looks pretty significantly different from like all the undead dragons you find. And I, I kind of feel like that, that difference is here as well. Like Arch Dragon is like everlasting dragon territory, whereas Arch, Arch Dragon Peak has the everlasting dragons. Whereas here, these are like weird medieval science dragons that somebody mm -hmm. invented well, when they were trying to make a real doll. Right, which which is not the same thing. <laughs> Don't think that's gonna get away. You're not gonna get away with that. <laughs> I forgot about because this turning a pus of man into a dragon also is apparently unrelated to the half dragons we found in Erethil uh, Dungeon too. Mm -hmm. Fucking a. Oh yeah. There's um, fucking dragons around, dude. I, there's so dude. many different goddamn ways, to, reasons, and ways to turn people into dragons in this game. Izaki, no. <laughs> Too many um, dragons. Like, I like dragons more than average, more than the next guy. More, like, more Jesus than me, Christ. certainly. Like more, more than Cole, more than, you know, more than most. Like an, a, a poll of the first hundred people on the, t you know, in the street, more than most. But like, God damn it. So, yeah, it is. Uh, those things do add more questions and provide no answers. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. J-Dog. So is it me on Connor? Jay, Jay the real dog Greer. Let's do it. <laughs> Connor says, I've always taken advantage of the obtuse mode of storytelling in these games as a backdrop to craft my own little stories, owing largely to my inability to decipher the canonical narrative. More fun than actually doing this, however, was creeping back through the game to try and lace together support for my little ideas. Dark Souls 3 has been great for giving me little sets to enact my fantasies upon, but much less great at providing through lines with the rest of the areas, creatures, characters, and so on. Anything I find that sparks my interest seems to Bob solit solitarily amidst all the floatism of ideas with only the vaguest traces of a form to connect them. The sinuous, nightmarish angel beings littering the horizon with their dark side branded upon the sky itself evokes all the best imagery from the series, but 
to where exactly does that lead? I'm looking forward to your episode to hopefully shed some light for me. Sorry, Tanner. So sorry. <laughs> is gnawing at me in the same way it did for DS2. I don't need it spelled out for me, but I do need some occasional reassurances that I'm not playing hide and seek with someone who stopped playing but didn't bother to tell me. What a good uh, metaphor that yep. is. I really like playing, that. Playing yeah, hide and playing seek with Miyazaki see- only. He stopped playing like, Demon Souls, which is like my favorite thing to think about now. <laughs> playing hide and seek with somebody who stopped playing without telling me. Mm-hmm. Like God, that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that like once a month for the rest of my life. Like that is such a good. <laughs> that that feels like that's that's the kind of like thing I've never heard that expression before, but it just feels like it applies to like so much. Yeah, that's really good, Connor. <laughs> um, I just maybe him referring to the the pilgrim butterflies as angels just also I didn't consider that, and I wonder. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really seen that as a through line, but like, huh? I mean, they're they're supposedly called something else, but yeah, Yeah, they're called butterflies. And I'm so ready for like, you know, like I I like the moonlight crystal butterfly things from Dark Souls One. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm down for it. Like, I I wanted to see them as butterflies. Yeah, even though I don't want a Seath connection, right? With them, really, like I don't want them to be because then that connects them to Seath directly, and like we have enough of that already. (laughs) We have we have too much of that. Seath are greedy. You got yours. Yeah, like like this many different little Seath like Logan crystal magic connections to things. Yeah, is already too much for me. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know, but that's that interesting. Is, that, that that's less of my my affection for Seath than that particular thing. But I like the idea of a gigantic butterfly. Yeah, me too. Butterflies yeah. are super creepy. Yep. The way that like when they they sl- they land on something and then flap their wings slowly like they're breathing. Mm-hmm. That's one of like the creepiest, coolest things that can happen. <laughs> yep. So. There's a bunch of monarch butterflies that live in a bush behind my house, and they're kind mm. of just always there being creepy. I mean, yeah. they, they they were up until a month ago, but yeah, when yeah. You, you took care of them, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> until they've like migrated to Mexico, but they'll be yeah. well, they won't the, be back. They'll they migrate to your stomach. <laughs> yeah. uh, finally, here we have Ragavan who says, uh, "This is a great area with plenty of callbacks, and it literally rises to a climax." The dragons guarding bridges, the winged knights, and the warriors of Sunlight Covenant. Finally, uh, we're all great beats to play through. But what I strongly remember from this zone was the boss battle. One of the first things that you see when you, when you enter this zone uh, is the giant pilgrim butterflies in the sky, and you're left with questions. You traverse the zone with them, always soaring in the sky, and eventually get to the boss. The first time I got there, I was extremely excited because I could make out the wings of the butterfly in the boss arena um, and got mentally geared to fight one of these. I changed to magic resist gear, walked in and got destroyed by Axteen. Love you, Dark Souls. Never change. <laughs> okay, everybody, uh, from now on, finish out your messages with what you would write in Dark Souls 3's yearbook. <laughs> maybe don't See you do next that. Year, but Dark maybe Souls. Do. <laughs> Hags, have a great summer. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I didn't. Uh didn't gear up for it or anything like that, but I thought maybe I was going to fight one of those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the stuff like didn't land for me as well as it did for Ragavan, but yeah, um, which is fine. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't have very much to add to it. Like um, to that, the response it is, uh, it is, I, I wonder what fighting one of those things would, would actually be like too. you know, uh, that kind of caster fight because I'm in the the minority apparently who likes the the moonlight butterfly fight in Dark Souls one. Most people kind of hate that fight. Yeah, I mean, um, we're, we're in good company. Jeremy, how about you? Yeah. Where are you at? It's on awesome. That? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, well, then people yeah, hate it fight. because they hate it because it's easy. And I, yeah. I don't hate boss fights when they're easy. Like, that's never going to be something that makes me hate <laughs> something. So, um, I, I will, yeah, I will I would, give I would, one caveat to that, which would be that um, fighting the moonlight butterflies in the crystal caves later is uh, like one of the most awful things in the world. And I've never do it. Like, it's yeah. just bad. But the actual boss it's, fight is 100% my jam. Yeah. And there's no reason to do it either. Yep. Like, it's like <laughs> you just get nothing for like fighting the, the crystal cave ones. That was a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah. Pretty, pretty seriously. Um, thanks, everybody, for for writing in. If you have anything to say about the Grand Archives um, or Arch Dragon Peak, please send them as separate messages at mm-hmm. duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. We're going to have more details about the way the rest of the season looks um, as the details about the DLC come out. I mean, obviously, we're going to be playing this um, by the time this episode comes out. Um, like between uh, episode and exosode, that's when the uh, when the DLC happens. Um, I imagine, Gary, you and I are going to get through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we'll know more about that and where it should fall in relation to the series. So much is up in the air, especially as it relates to the second more, you know, more meaty DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we still have at least one more. We have several of those kind of top and bottom uh, special mm-hmm. episodes I did that are going to trickle out. And then we have at least one more other special episode um, yeah. similar to our PvP episode uh, coming out at some point between now and the end of our Dark Souls 3 uh, coverage. Then we have quite a few um, Souls likes to cover. So the show's not going anywhere and we have plans. So we are at least solid through like another year or so. Mm-hmm. Feels like. Um, <laughs> do, do y'all know yeah. who's going to be on the next episode for the Grand Archives? Uh, we don't know. Okay, um, it cool. is a little bit. We've got our, um, I've got a couple of people I'm going to check uh, check in with. We have our guest for the Arch Dragon Peak mm-hmm. episode, but not the Grand Archives episode yet. Right. So, I mean, we, I mean, we're not ready to announce it. Like we have. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I figured you had people that you were yeah. talking. I'll to tell you. I'll tell you off. Uh, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, I try not to announce people if they're not confirmed because then you know I don't want them to ever have to hear like somebody on Twitter be like, "Oh, we thought you were supposed to do this." Yeah. You know. That's yeah. Shitty. Yeah. 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 It, it's a general rule. If people are listening to this, never do that on our account. Like. Yeah. People have asked. Um, you know, people ask us often, like, "When are you going to get EMB on?" And like, I've probably sent him like probably five different attempts throughout the course of the show mm-hmm. to get on. I, I just think it's not in the cards, yep. um, which is fine. Like it's totally, you know, nobody has a responsibility to do this. Nobody owes us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had people kind of, you know, in response to that kind of seek him out and it's cool if you want him to do it and you just kind of say it, but don't position it as if you're like championing, uh, championing yeah. us. Like, I don't want anybody to be, you know, we don't need, we don't need you to do that. Yeah, we no, appreciate the, the sentiment. Yes, we do. No. Uh, but nobody should ever feel uh, compelled on our behalf or otherwise uh, to, yeah. uh, to do this. Yeah. We're just grateful people do it at all. Yep. Um, thanks for sticking with us, Jeremy. Um, do you want to, hey, do you no want to quickly maybe give the, the, the 20 minute version of your, where people can find you rather than the, the 45 minute version? I'll, I'll be back later. Always yeah. trying to censor okay. me. I mean, come on. <laughs> you took away 30 minute, whole minutes from the main episode. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. Uh, I do several podcasts, one with Gary Butterfield called Days of Future Cast, where we talk about X-Men and X-Men related media. It's very funny and it's new to the Duckfeed Network. So I think you should definitely check that out. I do Don't mm-hmm. Give Up Skeleton, which is a podcast all about interviewing people and how they found the Soul series. If you like Dark Souls and if you like podcasts, <laughs> you should listen to that <laughs> podcast. Um, both Gary and Cole's episodes are out. So if you like those guys and you want it, that's a good starting point. Otherwise, there's probably 30 or so episodes that you can kind of pick and choose from. And uh, also do Dark Insight, which is a gaming podcast every other week. So, And if you like accents, boy, uh u.s southern accent like myself and then a guy from london and a guy from new zealand it is a hot mess so enjoy 
Mm-hmm. And I do like accents. Um, thanks, Jeremy, for sticking around. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, you is can he, is he do done? show. He's done. <laughs> okay, cool. I can keep going. <laughs> I'm, yeah. more I'm, stuff. I'm back. Sorry, I, uh, I went and got a yeah. drink. Um. It's okay. Uh, if, you, if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, you can find details about what that looks like if you actually go to that website. Yep. Um, yeah. And I think that's uh, probably about it. That, that support is important. Um, if we didn't say it before, duckfeed.tv slash contact if you have those uh, those things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably good. Cool. Um, really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so thank minim- you guys very much. Yeah, thank you. Minimal- oh, wait, I've got an Etsy page. Hold on. Oh, Hold on. I okay. guess I've got to no. get the link. <laughs> <laughs> Minimal deleted scenes. Um, but uh, but Umbasa. 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 And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Um, how are you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. good. I mean, if I sound yeah. weird, I'm in. I'm in my back room because I've had issues with my Wi-Fi, so I wanted to be on a LAN connection. So if I sound echoey, that's that's why I'm like sitting on the floor on top of pillows. All oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's quite I feel right. like a like a college student that can't afford furniture. <laughs> you, you sound like you're reclining on pillows. Yeah. Well, so I mean, sound, sound, you sound recumbent. That's oh, that's my middle name. I don't know if you guys know you're, Jeremy Recumbent. <laughs> you're, you're you're a corb. <laughs> you're kind of, you know, hop on recumbent bike. <laughs> totally me. Corps. Corps. Um, yeah. Yeah. You guys are really um, loud. Um, yeah. And I'm good to, I'm probably not going to watch X-Men until after PRG next weekend. Um, but then no, I will be good to, I, just, uh, I knew I was going to watch it like four times. So I just went ahead and did one. Yeah. <laughs> I almost bought it yesterday. I was at a Goodwill and they had the, the collection on mm-hmm. DVD and I was like, this is five bucks. It'll probably be less than renting all of these movies, but the yeah. collection is only the first two. Yeah, well, you know, I think it just they collected it early. Oh. Like the second one came out, and then they put out the collection, <laughs> the, the David Hater collection. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, and I wanted to get the third one, and it looked like there was a picture of Wolverine. I was like, oh, this probably has the Wolverine, which of course we'll end up doing that at some point as well. Um, <laughs> really? Do we have to? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to do the um, God. Uh, yeah, the Wolverine with Gambit. I've never seen the second one of those. Uh, <laughs> oh, so. it's, it's not good. Hey, have the, you ever the one wanted where to see a Wolverine Port? movie where for most of it he doesn't have any powers? Okay, great. Yeah. So the one where he has it's like um, it's like Wolverine born. It's like Jason born except for Wolverine. Like it's Ugh. it's just yeah. I don't like that movie. No, I, I'm I'm way into it. I've never I've never seen it. I bet you it's bad. But I'm I would love love to talk about it. So <laughs> um, this ginger yeah. ale has caffeine in it. I've never heard of such a thing. Interesting. I know. That seems like something you probably shouldn't be drinking at eight o'clock at night. I know, right? But it's the ginger ale I bought, and God damn it, I want some ginger ale. So. Go, go. Uh, ginger ale you'll go home with yeah <laughs> dance with the one you brought yeah um yeah yeah you guys want to want to do this yes sir Let's do it.